1: Greetings, it's meeting time, and to our new listeners, welcome. In the 12-step fellowship, there are many sayings, one being, one day at a time. This never-ending journey of recovery and healing from any type of addiction is achieved one day at a time. In the previous steps, we've dealt with days of the past and with introspection, and we wrote a searching and fearless moral inventory of our lives. And this self-appraisal had us realize that we really missed the mark on God's will for us. Our journey of transformation continued with long periods of reconstruction from addiction to recovery, from spiritual death to a new way of life. And our self-appraisal is ongoing as we continue to right our wrongs one day at a time. Today, we're going to continue our introduction of the 11th step of recovery, a principle that focuses on the present, leading us to seek God's will today. We sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry it out. Now, I said last week, that's a mouthful. So here's a short version. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. It's at this part of our journey where we should be God conscious, asking God how he wants us to live and acknowledge that the power to achieve this change must come from him. And prayer and meditations are tools that must be a daily activity because each new day is filled with possibilities, challenges, temptations, peaks, and valleys. It's in this principle that we choose through prayer and meditation to patiently wait for our marching orders and deepen our relationship with God. My friends, our relationship with God is our most important asset, and to ignore the need to communicate with God is to unplug our power source. And trust me, that's exactly what Satan wants you to do. He wants you to pull the plug on God so that he can pull you back into his control. He'll flood your mind with lies. He'll tell you there's no need to pray. God's not listening to you. Or why wait patiently on the Lord when all of your issues can be resolved with a quick fix? Now, I'm forewarning you of this because there was a time in my life that I believed all of the deceivers' lies, and these quick fixes kept me in Satan's control for decades. Folks, God's in the business of listening to us. This open dialogue is important to God, so important that in James 1.5, he inspired James to tell you and me If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. Once again, this being a a one-day-at-a-time journey to know God's will is achieved by praying every day and study God's word. Now, having said that, I have to wonder, how often do you pray? And if you're anything like I once was, When I did pray, they consisted of SOS and 911, please. Give me, protect me, fix me. It was all about me. And unfortunately, we contact God to get things from him. and That's why this principle is so important. Step 11 invites us to move beyond our self-centered motives and seek God for who he is more than what he can give us. In Ephesians six eighteen, the Apostle Paul teaches, pray in the Spirit at all times and with perseverance. He's telling you and me to be diligent in our prayer life. We must be watchful against self-centered give-me prayers, and our prayers should be inspired and led by the Holy Spirit. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to put in our heart and spoken from our mouth, thy will, not mine, be done. And God does answer our prayers, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Often our faith must learn a deeper rest and trust God's silence when he doesn't speak to us on our timetable. But we can be assured God wants us to experience wholeness and he'll answer our prayers for guidance, recovery, and healing. And now for the meditation piece. Meditation is waiting to hear our marching orders from God. Psalm 16, David prays, I will bless the Lord who guides me, instructs me. You will show me the way of life, your presence, and the joy of living with you forever. So how can you and I experience the same strength and support as David did? Where do we find God's instructions and guidance for this journey of healing? And as I've shared in previous meetings, God speaks to us through his living word, the Bible. And unfortunately, too many men and women seeking recovery have dust all over their Bibles and they become deaf to God's counsel. 2 Timothy 3.16, Paul teaches all scriptures inspired by God to teach us what is true, what is wrong. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do right. Again, Paul is reminding us, God speaks to us through his love letters, the Bible. And there were times where I've experienced that meditating on scripture, God instructions for our lives jumped off the page. And then there were times I had to be patient. But in either case, God hears our prayers, and we will hear our marching orders loud and clear. So, do you think it's time to shake the dust off of your Bible? There's another saying in this 12-step fellowship, meeting makers make it. It's true, connecting with God through prayer and meditation, that's a private matter. But we must also connect with healthy men and women who can offer us their support, experience, and hope. People that have traveled this journey before us. And where do you find these people? At 12-step recovery meetings. Listen, recovery is a journey. It's not a destination. And we need direction and guidance on this journey. And the knowledge of God's will and the power to carry it out just may be revealed by the people God puts in your life. People that understand our dilemma, that feel our pain, that share our problems and advise us and work with us through these 12 steps. I have to say this. The ultimate weapon against addiction is a recovering addict helping another. Now, here's another saying. I can't but we can. This is a we program, and we meet at recovery meetings. There are traditional secular meetings and 12-step Christian meetings, much like this one. Now, the 12-step traditional meetings are called a spiritual program, and there's a God of one's understanding. A higher power is discussed, but void of the saving grace and power of Jesus Christ and the correlation between the Bible and the 12 steps. This is well-intended, I might add. You see, a person that doesn't believe in God or a newcomer without a religious background, they'll feel welcomed in these meetings instead of threatened. And trust me, Jesus has revealed himself to many people in this environment. You need to hear me loud and clear. If you're suffering from any type of addiction, you need to seek out these meetings. Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Gamblers Anonymous, they saved my life. Look, getting involved in this 12-step process, that may not lead us to heaven, but it will lead us out of the hell that our lives had become. Now, this is a Christian meeting, and Jesus saved my soul. And I'm honored to be part of a movement that reveals the path to heaven, forgiveness, salvation, recovery, and it's all through Jesus Christ. And we are explicit that the genesis of these 12 steps to recovery are found in the inspirational teaching of God's word, the Bible. And following God's will, that starts by believing and accepting Jesus Christ as the highest power, the only power our Savior. And if you were with us last week, I ask a thought-provoking question. What power are you trying to contact? And that takes us to the scripture I ask you to reference, John 14, 6 through 10. Despite living with Jesus, the disciples Thomas and Philip, they didn't know God through his son Jesus. So Philip asked Jesus to show them the Father. And Jesus replied, Anyone who sees me has seen the Father. Believe that I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me. Folks, many people, they know about God and Jesus, but not personally. True faith is personal and relational. True faith is believing God's word, and his word assures us that Jesus is God in the flesh. John 14, 6, Jesus teaches on the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I love this verse. Colossians 1, verse 15. We learn that Christ is the image of the invisible God. I got to say that again. We learn that Christ is the image of the invisible God. God has made himself visible to mortal eyes through jesus christ amen my friends jesus is god in the flesh and he has the power to forgive our sins heal our addictions give us a new life and spend eternity with him in heaven the highway to heaven is through emmanuel god with us Now, the Bible teaches that God's a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And no mortal mind will ever fully understand the Godhead. God knows things that we can never know. But there's one thing we can know for sure. God is love. 1 John 4, 9, God showed us how much he loved us by sending his son, Jesus Christ, into the world, this God-man to die on a cross as a sacrifice for the penalty of your sins and my sins. And he didn't do this because we loved him, but because he loved us. And that's real love. Listen, the knowledge of God's will, it's not mysterious. It's not vague. God wants to adopt you in his family. God wants to be your father. Have you asked God to forgive you for your sins? Have you asked him to be your savior? Have you thanked him for his brutal, sacrificial love and received the Holy Spirit in your inner being to guide you on this journey of life? And when you do, he'll walk with you. He'll hear you. He'll talk to you. And he'll call you his very own. Amen powerful message. Thank you, Father. Next week, we're going to introduce step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to others and practice these principles in all our affairs. And I want you to reference Psalms 107, verses 2 through 16, and Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. Amen